Hello, and welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are a faith-filled, family-focused church located in Lakeville, Minnesota. In a moment, you will hear a sermon from one of our pastors. We hope that you enjoy and grow closer to God through these messages. And now, for a message from our lead pastor, Derek Ross. All right, well, good morning. morning. I'm glad the second video played because the first one just stopped and I was like, I'm up next and I hope they play something. (laughs) So it did, that's great. Good to be with you here today. Uh, Welcome those watching, worshiping online. Uh, My name is Derek and I'm the lead pastor here at Celebration. Last week I was in Kazakhstan with a group from our church, another church joined up. And so thanks for your prayers. I'll be sharing a little bit about that uh, trip throughout the message here today and uh, then in two weeks, but no pictures or videos. In two weeks on that fifth Sunday, scoreboard Sunday, we'll get to show you a little bit more about what God did, but uh, we got back late Wednesday night. Wednesday was a long day for us. It was 35 hours. We left uh, at one o'clock in the morning and got here at 11 o'clock and we gained 11 time zones on the way and uh, slept less than one hour on that day. So it was a long day, but here we are, and um, it's great to be with you. I, I don't really, I don't know what's going on. I got back, and then we came back in the office uh, Thursday, and I had a bunch of meetings, and then Friday was uh, writing today's sermon, and we'd done the outline before we went on the trip, and then I wrote uh, two uh, leadership teachings as well, and then, so Friday was about 12 hours of doing that. And then early yesterday morning, I almost said Saturday, but it's also yesterday, either way, got up early, drove up to Alexandria to our district campground to uh, do a retreat for another church from St. Cloud, and then I'm here today. So uh, I know, Elizabeth, you're looking at me saying, when am I going to take a day off? I still don't take days off. Thanks for that encouragement. Uh, Elizabeth served on the presbytery board with me in the district, and she's like, you don't take time off. And I'm like, I know, but it's better than the other commandment to break. You know what I'm saying? So anyway... uh, I'm telling on myself in front of everybody, but if, if I repeat myself today, it's okay. Um, I don't know what I'm saying anyway, but I do have notes. It's going to be awesome, and uh, we're here. So uh, thanks for your prayers. We'll share about that. I, I, f- I forgot when I was leaving that uh, October is Pastor Appreciation Month, and so thanks so much to our media team for posting pictures of our pastors so that uh, you guys can make a comment about those. I enjoyed reading those while I was gone, and I think we still have some more going, and so that's awesome. Thanks for... Uh, encouraging your pastors and uh, thanking them for their service in the kingdom. And so uh, God bless you as you do that. And uh, that's so good. Um, Today, we're continuing our Fresh Dreams series and uh, we've got food trucks and football. This is not good. Through the windows, I can see the food truck right now. Pigs Unlimited, praise the Lord. Um, You know, as we were walking through Kazakhstan, Mitchell would say, you know, I don't see the bacon. And I was like, yeah, it's a Muslim country. So anyway, He didn't understand that when we went, but now he does. So it's great to see that. I will be done in time for us to watch kickoff. Even if I just fill in the blank at the end, it'll be all right. It's going to be great. Today we're talking about fellowship, and it's a joy to do so. Uh, If you missed the other weeks in the series, uh, catch up. They're online, and uh, we'll share that with you. All right, the, the dream statement here on the note sheet, we're talking about fellowship, says, I dream of a church. If this is your first time with us, these are different dreams that we believe are not just from the pastor, not from all of our pastors, but we believe from all of our church that we say, this is the type of church we want to be. With God's help, we're going to do that. And so it says, I dream of a church where fellowship is experienced by everyone in meaningful and fun ways. So today you're going to have fun, whether you like it or not. 
And uh, anyway, we're all rooting for the Bears to lose. Okay, so anyway, uh, by the way, Pastor Lewis's team is real bad at football too. They're in last place co-last place or whatever of their division. So I don't want to hear it from him making fun of the Vikings. His team is bad too. And our quarterback's healthy. So take that. All right. Uh, let's get to the Bible, please. Acts chapter two, verse 42 and 40 through 47. If you're able, would you stand to your feet? Let's read the word together. And uh, then we'll get to that. Uh, we're talking about fellowship. Acts chapter two. This is really the theme verses for what we call what our staff has been part of this year, the Acts two journey. And in these verses, we really see all the functions of the local church, but today we're going to focus in on fellowship primarily. The Bible reads like this, verses 42 and following, they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayer. By the way, you have opportunity for all four of those things today. Right? The apostles' teaching, that was the scripture. And you're hearing that right now. To fellowship, if you stick around, you can hang out with other people. The breaking of bread, food trucks, and a prayer. Hopefully the Vikings win. You know, like that's all four. We've got them all covered here this morning. That's a fantastic thing. I know some of you are thinking, let the Vikings lose. We want a better draft pick. It doesn't work. Let's just beat the Bears. Let's all be happy today. All right. Everyone was filled with awe at the many signs and wonders performed by the apostles. We'll get to that at the conclusion. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And I love this result that happened. The Bible says... Because of all that, the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. What a great result of fellowship of the believers that more people come to know Jesus. Amen? Amen. So we're going to do that. Let's pray together. Uh, Where did Maurice go? He walked in. Now he's not out there. All right. Well, Maurice, we're still praying for him. His father passed away on Thursday. He just told me that in the lobby. I know he came forward for prayer. So we're praying. If you've got a need in your life, we're praying for you as well right now. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to uh, gather and lift high the mighty name of Jesus, the only name that can save, set free, deliver, heal, restore. Bind up the brokenhearted. So it's in that name of Jesus that we're praying today. We ask Holy Spirit, speak to us all. Give us ears to hear what you're saying. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Number one, in talking about fellowship, we need to know that it's not always convenient. It's not always convenient. If we're going to be part of what I've preached before from Acts chapter 2 that I called uncommon community, we need to know that this type of fellowship that uh, makes a difference in this world is not convenient. The Bible says they devoted themselves to a few different things. You know, devotion goes way beyond convenience. Many people, it says they were devoted to the apostles' teaching, to scripture. A lot of people's devotion stops to the Bible when they get convicted on something. When the Bible says something they don't like or it doesn't feel good, it's then when we find out if we're really devoted or if it's just convenient. You know, our devotion to scripture is shown not in the verses that talk about health, healing, prosperity, increase, blessing, kids, It's 
when we suffer persecution because of the name of Jesus. It's when we're still waiting and we're waiting on our miracle. It's in those moments when our devotion commands us, when the scripture tells us to do things that don't feel good or we don't want to do. It's in those moments that we find out, are we devoted or was it just convenient? Here in America, it's much easier for us to resort to convenience. We've got options. Most of us today drove by probably a handful of churches on our way to celebration. If we don't like this place, we can choose somewhere else. Well, some of you are real excited about that. I don't know what's going on with that. Jim's like, I've been waiting to do that. Okay, no, I'm just kidding. But you know, our brothers and sisters around the world, 42% of the world still waiting to hear about Jesus for the first time, let alone pick which church they like the best. Like we've got options that, man, so many around the world, they just don't know about. You know, if we're not feeling well or, or we're working, we can watch church online. We got the internet. We can watch church services that are over and we can just replay them. I found out this week while we were in Kazakhstan, we've got a podcast of sermons that I've preached here at Celebration. I didn't even know, and I'm the pastor. <laughs> I was like, man, anybody want to tell me? I preached them. Lewis is like, they're out there, boss. I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, all right, well, I guess too late now, you know, but we've got conveniences. And, and listen, I'm not against conveniences. I, I like them. I, I download podcasts, and, and I like having Wi-Fi. I, I enjoy microwaves, like I, I like convenience, but the problem is when our Christianity is reduced to convenience, that we're really missing out. Why? Jesus said, you got to deny yourself, take up your cross daily to follow him. That doesn't really sound convenient, but we, we like those conveniences. Our brothers, sisters around the world, they know what it is like to be committed beyond convenience for their fellowship to really matter. We, we flew, we left on Monday and uh, flew for two days, got there on Wednesday, time change and a bunch of flights. And when we landed at three or four in the morning, I can't really remember, we, we waited for a while, bags, finally got the last bag. That was a scary thing. We got all the suitcases, but one. We had mine, so I felt good, but I'm just saying there was one. <laughs> There was one, and uh, uh, it was Amanda, so it was going to be tough for us to share clothes. You know what I mean? Like, it was the one gal on our trip didn't get her suitcase, but we found it. It was in the back. They had set it aside, but we found it. And, and Yurkin, who was with us last November, the general superintendent of the Assemblies of God Kazakhstan, our, our host for the week, he came out and he said, ooh, we thought you were coming on the second, but it was the fourth. And I said, well, why would you think that? He said, Pastor Vicente said so. I said, I don't think so. He said, yes, Pastor Vicente said your trip was October 2nd to 11th. I said, Yurkin, it was, but we left on the 2nd. We didn't get here till the 4th. And he said, oh, well, we have chapel in three hours. Can you preach anyway? <laughs> and I wanted to say, well, that's not convenient. But we kind of knew what we had signed up for. So some of the team, you know, got to get a little nap, but I took a shower, drank some coffee and... Ask the Lord, give me a word for them, you know, in three hours. But, but they don't have the same conveniences we have. We have church choice. You know, we've got Bible choice. 
You know, it's pretty much an American thing to argue about which translation of the Bible is the best. <laughs> we got so many people around the world waiting to get the Bible in their language for the very first time. And we're over here arguing about which one's a better translation. <laughs> One you can read, that's where I'm at with that discussion. You know what I mean? Like, um, we, we, we met with some believers that it was kind of like we'd speak in English, then they would translate to Russian, and then from Russian it could go into their language. So it was like we would, you know, take a roundabout way and we could then speak to people that were there. We have so much more convenience in our fellowship. If we don't like somebody, we just make a new friend because there's plenty for us to pick from. These believers that we talked with is like, once those Muslim believers said yes to Jesus or Muslims became believers, said yes to Jesus, they lost their friends, their family, their job. They were like, well, you're the only fellowship I can have. I don't know anybody else that's serving Jesus. And so we just have so much more convenience. And that's not to say um, that we, uh, I'm not trying to guilt trip anybody in what we enjoy. I'm just trying to challenge us to say, let's be more devoted than just things that are convenient. One of the villages we drove to was a Uyghur village. People from China, if you wanted to Google uh, genocide Uyghur people, you, you can read about that online. And uh, the Chinese government has quite literally put them into concentration camps, killed many of them. Uh, and so they, they've escaped to different places. And, and so we went to this Uyghur village and now these are people who rightfully so can live in constant fear for a Chinese official or assassin showing up. And so it would make sense for them to live with, you know, the doors closed, windows, shades drawn, and just trying to hide out. And yet as we drove by this village, Yurkin pointed out to us that each one of their front door, the gate to their uh, residence was open. And he said, well, it's customary for them. It's expected, actually, that you're prepared to host a guest at any moment. Amen. And I was so challenged in that moment to think, here's people that have run and hid for their lives. They're always wondering, will, will they be caught? They can't even have communication with people back home. And they leave their door open because they're so committed to hospitality. And we probably can't be bothered to meet our neighbor. I mean, not you, but the people that came to first service is who I'm talking about right now, of course. I know you guys, you have people, I'm just saying, let's go beyond convenience. They were devoted to scripture, to fellowship, and to prayer. Convenient prayer is like when you need a miracle, you're like, oh God, help. Convenient prayer is when you forgot to study for your test. You're like, oh God, help me pass. Convenient prayer is when you want your team to win, but the other team not to. And then it's weird when you got two fans praying at the same time, right? Like, but I think the believers around the world have understood much more this commitment to prayer. Whereas we're kind of like, you know, if somebody will tell me what to pray for, these believers were so committed. It was just, it was the thing that their schedule rotated around, devoted to scripture, fellowship, and to prayer. And what I love the result of their devotion was that they saw many signs and wonders. I'm grateful for the signs and wonders we're seeing right here in our church. We saw them again last week. We were huddled up in Chicago and got a testimony of what had taken place here on Wednesday night. And so I'm thankful for the miracles, signs and wonders we're seeing. But could I just suggest that I believe if we would increase our devotion to scripture, to one another and to prayer, we could see an increase of signs and wonders still today? Yeah. 
and we believe there is more. All right, number two, uh, fellowship is often costly. So that first point, I don't know, I didn't get this on the notes, was verses 42 and 43. This next one is 44 and 45. Fellowship is often costly. The Bible says these believers shared together. They had everything in common. Those with extra resources helped those with extra needs. Everybody's got extra these days. Just a question of if it's extra stuff or extra problems. Nothing new, people back then. Uh, I would just like to mention that uh, this is not a call for everybody to sell their house and become homeless so that your neighbor can have a house. Thank you, Dave, for appreciating that. Like a few people should have been like, amen. You know what I mean? Like have your house. I don't understand why this scripture has been twisted to guilt trip people into a vow of poverty, like don't have a house. Like later on, we can read, it says they met together every day. They continue to meet in their homes. Well, if they sold all their homes and they were poor, how did they meet in their homes later? Reading comprehension is lacking in some people's lives. So it's not a call for everybody to sell everything and just be poor overnight, but I think it's really hard to justify hoarding extra at the expense of other needs around you. This is what we see. These believers cared for one another and they said, you know what? We want to help. We want to. This is not because we have to or somebody's guilt tripping us or making us. We want our brothers and sisters, and this is what Jesus said, right? Don't hoard where moth and rust corrupt or thieves break in and steal. Thieves usually break in and steal stuff we're not using. Moth and rust corrupts the things that we're not getting to, (laughs) But he said, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. What did he say? Put it into play where it will make a difference for all of eternity. These believers that we see in Acts chapter 2, many of them had personally witnessed the resurrected Savior. They had seen Jesus in his resurrected form. They had witnessed his ascension back to the Father. And when he said, I'm coming back soon, they thought it could be any day. We've been waiting for any day for 2,000 years. So our definition of soon might be a little bit different than theirs. If you felt like Jesus was coming back tomorrow, you probably wouldn't be worried about paying your mortgage today. So their radical generosity and hospitality should be understood or viewed within the lens of time is running short. We've got to do whatever we can to help people out. So we... we, probably should live as though Jesus could come back today, but history would tell us we should plan as if he isn't. If you give everything you have away today, how many people can you help out tomorrow? None. It's not a trick question. Some of you are like, let me get out my calculator. If you give away everything today, you can't help anyone tomorrow. And if Jesus does come back today, that's great. But if he tarries, if we're still waiting, then we want to be able to continue to help people until he comes again. But it's often costly. So the question is, do our beliefs about helping others translate into our behavior meeting the needs of those around us? 
We probably don't need to sell our house to help our neighbor, but will we share the extra we have so they can eat, right? So um, we were challenged in our time in Kazakhstan, again, just trying to give you updates from that scattered throughout the message. It didn't matter uh, if we were at a church service, a teen challenge center, a home church meeting, somebody's house. Whenever we would get together, we would talk and we would share testimony. They would wanna hear from people in our group what Jesus had done in our lives and we would then get to hear from them. Sometimes they spoke enough broken English that we could understand. Other times it would need to be translated and it was this cool spiritual moment as we were sharing one with another, giving testimony of what God has done in our lives. But as soon as it was over, we never knew when it was over until they said, now we're welcome to go have tea. That was the full warning we got, wasn't it, Eddie? It was just, we were there, we were enjoying the moment. They were like, now we're welcome to go have tea. And what that meant is stop talking, get up and have some tea. <laughs> we're welcome. And, okay. And we would go have that tea. And you know, there were many times where we would be in a building or a home where I'm thinking, you know, the paint didn't match, the flooring wasn't even. It seemed like they could use a home remodel fund. Just being honest. And yet every time they showed great hospitality, they'd bring out tea and cookies and, and candy and different things. And I was thinking, it seems like if they quit giving us coffee, tea, cookies, water, treats, they could get the paint to match. And in that moment, I felt like a Holy Spirit slap in my spirit and he said, why do you care more about paint matching than hospitality to other believers? And I thought, wow, I'm going back to America and I got to assess my own life. I'm sure you're already great at it. But, you know, sometimes I care more about comfort, selfish things that honestly won't really matter one day. And I was so inspired by those believers to say, you know what, there's something about opening our home, our lives. It's a very personal thing to open your home, open your life to them. Sometimes it's easier to open your checkbook than it is your home. Because if we just write a check, we can keep our space. But there's something personal about sharing a meal together and saying, here's what's going on in my life, what's going on in yours. And boy, that, that's sometimes more costly than any financial decision when we open ourselves up to one another. Let me just say thank you for being people who are committed to opening your lives to other people. I'm saying that uh, prophetically for some of you because you're like, I don't talk to nobody. <laughs> but I felt like it was nicer to say thanks for being people that open your lives up, right? Because how else are those around us in our neighborhoods, in our businesses, in our schools, how else are they gonna know the love of Jesus if it's not through us opening our lives up and sharing what he has done for us. It's often costly. Here's another thing that we see about fellowship. Number three, it requires commitment, which sounds a lot like it's not convenient, but it's another point because it's another verse. Verse 46, it requires commitment. The Bible says every day they continued to meet together. Come on, I don't know how you read the Bible, but when I read that, I'm thinking there's no, there had to be some people that had some days they were like, I don't want to see them. You know why I believe that about them? Because there are days where I think that. I'm like, I don't want to see anybody. I know some of you are like, I don't want to see them today. Tough, you married them. 
sin. There was a commitment that said, you know what, even if we don't want to. Because the truth is, some people get on your last nerve. And some people get on your first nerve. And some people get on all your nerves. <laughs> don't look at them. I'm just telling you, look right at me. Don't look. Wait a second. Don't look at me. If I'm the one that get on all your nerves, I just close your eyes. I don't know. People can get on our nerves. But it requires a commitment to say, here's the thing. This, let me just pull the curtain back for you. Sometimes we have these kind of talks uh, with the staff. You know, um, there are people in our lives, in your lives, that I call EGRs. They are extra grace required kind of people. But you know what? Once you categorize that, it helps you a little bit. You're just like, you know what? There are days in my life where the Lord has given extra grace to me. And because of that, I just know they're going to need some extra grace today. (laughs) Or maybe I'll need extra grace to deal with them. I don't really know what it is. But but there's something about saying I'm going to be committed not just convenient. I'm not just going to hang out with people that, you know, but it's committed. I was so thankful to see our team. Eddie was there and uh, uh, Jeremy was there, Bill, you know, uh, Lewis was there, Amanda, great, great team. But uh, we had people battling different sicknesses. Shout out Eddie. (laughs) Uh, Sharing testimony. There was some days of a lot of steps, exertion, walking out to different places. Um, but our team was very committed, no matter what the day held. Sometimes we would uh, do kind of what we thought we would do for the day, and most of the days we didn't. It was like nothing went the way we thought it would, but it was awesome. But our team was very committed. Um, but if I could just be honest with you here today, I try to be that. But like if you grew up Catholic, this would be a moment of confession from me to you. Um, it was kind of easier to be committed over there than it is over here. And what I mean by that is we knew it was just a week and a half. It's like we could do anything for a week. But you know, it's really tough when we don't know how long this is going to be. Because we don't know what day Jesus is coming back. It could be any day, but we knew what day Qatar Airlines was flying us back. And so although we were committed over there, Sometimes when you're on a trip or a short-term situation, you get an adrenaline rush. And you're like, I could do it. I I felt that the whole week until we were done with our time of ministry. And then my body was just like, I'm done. They were looking at me. We were driving the van. I was just like, I was snoring sitting there in the van. They were like, what happened to pastor? Is he alive? Yeah, we hear him. Okay, but I was just done. Like my body crashed. We have those moments, but it's really tough to stay committed for the long haul. And that's what I believe we need, this world needs, is to see the body of Christ committed for the long haul. Not just when things are easy, not just when things go our way, but we stay committed even when things don't go our way. That is a testimony that's noticeable to those places. These people were committed. We went to one uh, village and uh, the pastor Vasily had said their church had been shot by some Muslims from across uh, the corner. And we went and I saw Pastor Lewis had told me those are bullet holes in the building. And I took his word because he's from New York. And so (laughs) 
I mean, let's be honest, I don't really know what bullet holes look like, so he might have been lying to me. But I was like, wow, I took a picture of it. I'll show you in two weeks. If it's in the video and you're like, that was not a bullet hole, somebody tell me before I tell everybody that again. But that's a different level of commitment. Like there's never been a day where I wondered if my commitment to Jesus would really bring me physical harm. I mean, I knew there was some people that wouldn't like me for it or they might say some things about it, write about me in a blog, but some of our brothers and sisters around the world, they understand commitment a whole lot more than we do or at least than I do. But I don't say that again to shame anybody, but to inspire us to move forward with the help of the Holy Spirit. To stay committed. And the fourth and final thing as time is... uh, rapidly going away from me, is that fellowship builds community. This is verse 47. It builds community. Now you might, when you read this, just think, well, it sounds like that's just salvation. The Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. But uh, I'm so grateful that people were being saved every day. We continue to pray for that in our lives and we celebrate those kind of things. But notice it says that people were added to their number. They were identifying with the group of believers when that happened right? We, we, we would almost say it's, it's kind of like that public moment that we'll celebrate in two weeks with water baptism when it's like, this is me publicly saying I'm in. We're saved in a private moment when we say yes to Jesus, but there's a different level of testimony when we're saying I'm identifying with Christ in that body of believers. I'm added to that number. In in their churches, in order to be a registered church there in Kazakhstan, they need 50 adult believers to sign on a piece of paper to be submitted to the government to identify and say, I'm following Jesus and I'm part of this church. That's really adding to their number. You can say yes to Jesus in the privacy and comfort of your own home and your own decision, but there's something about saying, I'm with them. This, This is what we see here in scripture. The group was being added. It's one thing I love about verse 30. It's not just about a personal decision. It's saying, we wanna help walk with you as you begin to follow Christ. There were people being added to the group and welcomed as believers. Their life of faith, as should be for us, but sadly we miss it sometimes here in America, their life of faith was meant to be experienced in the context of community. It's tough to follow all the one another commands of scripture by yourself. Some of you will get that later. If you didn't understand that, we'll explain it later. Dave will mention it to you. Okay, one another. We need each other. They're being added. It's uh, one of the reasons with this context of community, why we have a fun day like food trucks and football today, why the ladies had a brunch and they got to meet other people and schedule times. We've talked about there's no best friend fairy at celebration. You got to ask somebody, can we hang out? Can we talk? Whatever, right? This is what we're doing. But it's more than just making a friend. Fellowship is about building community. That says when you're in need, we can make a meal for you. When you're in need, we can pray for you. And when I'm in need, you can pray for me and I can count on you. Watch my kids. If I got to run to the hospital, like this is what it, community is far more than friendship. You know, social media has made us think we got all the friends we need. Facebook again this week told me I got too many friends. I had to delete some people so I could add some new ones. 
I mean, 5,000. Ain't like I know these people. It's just, I just click yes and whatever. And anyway, it's probably why I get hacked, but that's a whole different story. Okay. <laughs> or impersonated or whatever it was. Social media has told us we've got all the friendships we need, but the truth is, I don't think we have nearly enough community. People that really know us, not just know about us and where we went on vacation and what food we had for dinner. They know the inside of us, the good and the bad, right? The light and the dark, stuff we're proud of and the stuff we're ashamed of. But we all need a few people in our circle that can really know us and we can really know them. And here's why community is important for the believer. The Bible says it this way in 1 John uh, 1, 7. 1 John 1, 7. But if we walk in the light as he's in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus his son purifies us from all sin. Amen. I don't know if you've ever considered the cooperation of those two things, the blood of Jesus and the fellowship of the saints. But here in scripture, we see those two things together are part of our purification process. A fancy church word is sanctification. We're becoming more like him. We're saved in a moment, but then the rest of our life is spent in process, becoming more like him. And the truth is, one of the gifts God has given us to become more like his son Jesus is the people you're sitting around. Or maybe the people you're not sitting around because you got in a fight with somebody and you changed sections. I don't know. <laughs> but we need each other. I'd go as far as saying, I can't become as much like Christ as God wants me to be if I'm always by myself. And neither can you. So I know we're here in the South Metro and we got choices, we got options. But stay with me here. I want to say we're stuck with each other because we need each other. I know in America, we have a tendency to say, well, we could just unfriend, unfollow. I'll, I'll take my ball and I'll go home. But we need each other. If we're really gonna become all that God has created us to be, I need you and you need me. Even the guy wearing a Cowboys jersey. I see you, Joe. We need each other. And that's what community's really all about. We see it here in Acts, and I'm praying that we see it here with us. Amen? Amen? Let me pray for you, and then Pastor Josiah will come, and we'll do a quick dismissal because I know the game's starting and food will be available, but I, I want to pray for us on this day, and I'm going to pray that God will help us be an uncommon community. Yes. And we really do love each other, and we experience the presence of God together. Father, I pray for my dear brothers and sisters that are gathered here today, that are watching online, maybe that'll watch at a later time. God, I pray for all those who call Celebration home, I pray you would make us an uncommon community. 
that we, like those first century believers, like our brothers and sisters around the world, would, would be part of this radical commitment to one another that goes far beyond just friendship, far beyond just affinity groups, and that we would be a community of believers that is doing everything we can to love one another so much so that people will be saved every day. So Father, help us, your people, here at Celebration Church, serve you with everything we have. And we ask it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Pastor Josiah. We hope that you learned something from this message and are able to apply it to your life. If you gave your life to Jesus for the first time or the 10th time, reach out to us on Facebook or email us at info at celebrationchurch.net. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you again next week.